0: Hey, everybody. Willie says my hair smells really good, and I think so, too. You're watching or listening to The Other Side of Hell podcast, and we really freaking appreciate it. We hope that you will share our podcast with other people who you think will also enjoy the show.
1: Thanks, guys, for all you do. We at The Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware. We may talk about drinking and drugging in detail, Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone.
0: There is hope, and together we can get better.
1: What's up, world? I'm Willie. And I'm Cameron. And this is our special guest. I'm Brett. And I am
2: an addict, and I am addicted. Everything looks good, feels good, and tastes good. And my drug of choice is
1: more. I can relate. Yeah, I know that. Other side of Hill podcast.
0: Welcome, welcome, everybody. Yeah, how's it going, Willie?
2: Thank you. Yeah, what's going on, Willie? Uh, I've got this song in my head right now.
0: Yeah, the
1: the Willie Won't Go song. (laughs) It's because we sang it right before we started rolling. Yeah, this is good to uh, to get back together. Yeah, you know, good to, another good could to be have, here. Good time. Look, this, this is Brett, yeah. <laughs> and we're glad to have you here, man. It's been really it a are. long time. Yeah, yeah. Brett's very, very dear to me. Brett is my sponsor and a huge member of the recovery community in our area. Yeah. And that's why we want to have him here, right?
0: I, I, it's, it's it's important to 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 give those people a voice, those people that... You know, we're so big and, and that are pivotal in, in our lives and our yeah. community. We, we need to have them on here. We need to talk to these people. <laughs> yeah. They're and, the ones with all
2: the wisdom. Uh, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. I never thought that. Uh, I'm sure you guys didn't either. I thought uh, anything over six months was a bunch of crap.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, you I've know? said it a bunch of times on this show. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was bull crap.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and can't, it's possible.
0: Can't stay sober for six months. Yeah. Yeah, I remember just my first my first meeting somebody was celebrating 20 years and I was like, "Pa." Ah! Yeah, right. Yeah. You're going to get loaded right, after <laughs> right? This, right? Yeah. Like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's good to have you here, man. I really Thanks. appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I'm excited to, to talk about everything we need to talk about today. Yeah. What are we talking about We're gonna today? We're going to talk
1: about community and oh. how important it is to have community and it recovers it's a huge part of the human species for one. You yeah, know, it's a huge part of the recovery movement. It's a huge part of everything that we do. And, and Brett's been a part of our community, the, the, the community of recovery in our area for how long?
2: How long have I been part of in sobriety? Yeah, um, my uh, sobriety birth date is April 23rd, 2002. So a good long time so 18 yeah. i'm going on 19. pretty so much I've got 18 don't yeah. no
0: fronts so i've got 18. i feel yeah. like for a second there willie was trying to do math and yeah and, i think so i got him you know i got him scared, got scared. scared. Yeah. so
2: but uh, yeah because the reason why i put it that way is i was part of the community of using right and that was a whole heck of a, a community all in itself man mm-hmm. and, and uh, it was part of who I thought I was. I loved the way you said that. I can't imagine anything but. And so I was really scared to come into sobriety and uh, try to figure out how can you build a community when I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: So, Feels that way early on, too. You know, Feels like it, it's unexpectedly... I didn't expect to have the amount of love and support that I did get getting sober. Absolutely. I thought I was going to be alone. I thought I was going to have to figure this out alone and that's just not the case. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really not. Well, Brett, I really appreciate that you said that about, uh, about, you know, the community of
0: using because, you know, I, I think back to that and it really was like I had, I had a click within that, within that world, right? Like I had people that I worked with and, and, and collaborated with in order to, get what it was I was after and in a sense like the that part of the community hasn't actually changed like I still have people that I work with that are out to help me you know that that want to see me succeed and support me and in reaching my goals and that's sort of what a community is and so really like I just changed communities but anytime I had to make that change
2: like yeah, it was scary. It was not only really scary, it was uncomfortable. Oh, so uncomfortable. Oh, because we were so used to instant gratification. And instant, uh, can, it took me back to, you imagine going into the dope houses and how they smelled until mm. you used. And then all of a sudden <laughs> everything was okay. And uh, so it took time, didn't it? It took some time. But oh, they, oh Yeah. And it wasn't so much that they didn't give us the love, give me the love. Um, it was I didn't know how to accept it hmm. in sobriety. Good point. Okay? Uh, I still had guards up. And what do you want from me? Right. Okay? Yeah. And so those thoughts kept I had a shield up, a, a wall. Don't come too close because I've been hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm done being hurt. And I thought for sure you were going to take something from me. Right. It's been my whole life. Per se, so uh, and it's not that way. It's it, it isn't there. They're not really looking for anything, but to show you that there's a possible way to to do this, and you can get clean and stay clean one day at a time for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's hard to do alone. Uh, you can't, I I couldn't have done it alone. I, I couldn't have. I needed everybody in my life that that helped me get through it because I I can't figure this stuff out on my own. Like I've tried so many times to. To, to create the right answer within myself but didn't have the correct tools that came along with being around other people that work a program you know? well
2: you, you said it beautifully uh, how many times I said it was this was the last one the last right. one
0: every day yeah. yeah and
2: and I couldn't I remember using right up to the court steps before they put the handcuffs on me yeah um, I couldn't quit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people don't get that they say you know Nancy Reagan, just say no. <laughs> on, yeah, right. As we, and people that, uh, addicts that say that they lo- lose stuff, can I just say, I gave all mine away. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, Take ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's what I did. Oh, yeah. And I, it's relationships, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it became the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And somebody came in early on and told me that recovery had to be the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what, are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> I got all these other problems. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And they said, no, you fix this, you fix it all. Yeah. Now, of course, that takes quite a while to be real with yourself. But uh, I'm so thankful for my scars. Absolutely. It makes yeah, me, me who I am made me who I am today and I'm pretty happy to be who I am.
1: Yeah, you wear them well. Yeah. Thank you. You wear your scars well. You know, one of the things, one of the things that's so hard that, that I remember was, you know, going off of what you were saying is, is not knowing how to feel sober. You know, coming in from that, that world of, of street life and drug use and alcoholism and violence and all those things and, and getting sober, like I didn't realize that obsessing on, on using while sober, was normal mm-hmm. right like like i thought oh man i'm thinking about using uh, yeah. i must i must not be wanting you know yeah. there's something wrong with me right
0: yeah
1: and having other people around me in sobriety that yeah. had been through the the ringer uh, before me that came before me were able to say well yeah you're an addict All right <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna think about it but it didn't click with me no not can i
2: share a story with that yeah <clears throat> um in one of my uh, groups, uh, I was in drug court, and one of my groups, uh, there was about 25 of us and three of us, and we had to keep a ledger of what we did all day. And I was writing in that ledger all day long, that, and so were two others that we thought about using all day long and f- finally we went to the, the therapist and we said hey man uh how come we're the only ones uh doing that and writing and thinking about using nobody else is doing it not a 25 he says because they're lying right and uh, the important thing to this is they're all dead huh wow the, the three of us wow So I want you to, I totally agree how important it is to express Mm -hmm. what you're thinking. Um, It's it's amazing how we think. Mm -hmm. Is that fair enough to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we don't want people to think that we're sick Mm -hmm. when we are. (laughs) I'm so sick I didn't know how sick I was. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, and and, and, and that's just the thing about it is that, you know, I... I was so grateful to find a place where I could say things like that and talk about that stuff openly and have it be heard without judgment or without ridicule and and know that, you know, these people know how that feels and they they are moving past it. They're working past it and they are the people to help me if I'm ever going to get better. Mm-hmm. "Quote unquote," get better, right? Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, like finding that place. Like for me, it was you know a twelve-step meeting. For for other people, it might be church. For other people, you know, it might be, um, you know, like like with the other uh, association that you're involved with, like a motorcycle club, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, it could be a lot of different things. But having that sense of community is so so important to have others that you know, know how you feel about things, are there to support you and will work to to see that through. And so I'm I'm grateful that I had those rooms. Like Brett for you, like what was it? What was your first impression when you entered into like from that that old community that you're talking about, that drug Mm -hmm. and street world, into like this new community. Like we're petrified.
2: Right. Um i i'm a little different i didn't get clean to stay clean i got clean to stay at a a federal penitentiary Mm. to be real and so my goal was to put a year together and then go out and use and die um luckily i had a support system that hung on to me i'm going to go that way until it clicked Mm -hmm. and then started to change from there um but realistically uh, I didn't do it to, to get clean I just did it to stay out of trouble I realized that every it wasn't every time that I used I got in trouble but every time I got in trouble I'd used uh-huh. and I got tired of the consequences and I guess when you're finally facing federal penitentiary and I was facing 20 years uh, <laughs> wow mm, fair oh, enough oh yeah yeah I'd said uh, I could do a little time but this is this is over the charts, so um, I I like to say I'd still I'd still be doing a year and a half. Oh and wow! Yeah. In federal penitentiary, does that
0: make sense? Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Okay, I hadn't put that together.
2: Yeah. So every day is a blessing wow. that I'm not in prison.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been an awesome ride watching you because I I remember. You telling me, you know, when, when we get together is with new guys, you know, I was the new guy with you at one time. And, and I remember you, you talking to me about how you could relate with the way that I felt and the things I was going through. And, and I wouldn't have found that on my own. There's no way that I could have made this shit up, mm-hmm. you know. And, and there's another guy in the rooms that has been around forever. And he's like, you can't sell this shit. No. You can't sell it to somebody. No. You know. It's it's something that happens organically, and if if I do the work, my life will change. Absolutely, you know. And so, like you're you 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 have done a ton of work. I mean, you've you've been to a lot of different places in your recovery.
2: Well, ab- absolutely, on every side. Um, I love what it says in the book: we can't transmit what we do not have. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we can read bullshit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. And mm-hmm. in my job every day, I'm dealing with my patients that they, they read bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really cool that they come up to me and say, You're, you can tell that you live what you teach. Right.
0: Well, and let's mention, like, Brett, what is it that you do for? Well,
2: I am a, a teacher up to, uh, can I say where I work as well? Yeah. Okay. Up to uh, Ogden Regional ACT, and uh, I teach about drug and alcohol in all of our programs, and uh, so uh, it's what I love to do. Uh, I think we're all teachers, fair enough, good or bad, and uh, I taught enough bad things in my life that uh, as we go through the program and realizing that the root of our problems is selfish and self-centered, that uh, the way to get out of is to give. Um, I really have a problem with going to the rooms and people saying this is a selfish program. How do you get rid of selfishness and self-centered if it's selfish?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. That doesn't make no sense to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) So anyway, getting back to that, what I do up there is uh, teach them what they're thinking is normal and kind of like we talked about. Right, right. Wanting to use, wanting to run, not wanting to face things, Mm -hmm. uh, coming to terms with really... Did you ever go back to the beginning and try to figure out if you really knew what a trigger or cravings was? Like the difference between the yeah. two? Yeah, when you were using. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you? See, I just used. Sure. So I never really knew what they really were. Now, if I ran out, then that, I had a problem. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. a big issue. That was my problem, was running out. Mm-hmm. But I didn't put that that was really a craving. That was just, I was dope sick. Right. Yeah. So when we get into recovery... And we think about triggers and and cravings. We're not connecting that the stress, anxiety, right, uh, wrong, wanting to run, wanting not to face fear, uh, all those things are really your craving. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I tried to teach that up there. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, I love it, and 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 that in itself is is a community, right? Like oh. the the way that that works. The new person comes in, the group takes them in. Mm -hmm. tries to give them what they had to be successful some of them take it some of them don't
2: absolutely
1: yeah
2: all i can do is offer that's (laughs) like what we do Uh, and what you guys are doing here you're often offering something to the world that they can uh, tune into and hopefully if i like to look at it this way let's just say that nobody out there today gets anything from this it just mm. kept us four clean,
1: right? Right. Yeah, which made the the community a little safer. Absol- for, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as we're not out there, we are helping <laughs> people.
0: You know. So. Yeah, and I I definitely look at this what we do here that way. You know, I I, I uh, there's been many times where it's like, you know, I can I can get really wrapped up in 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 wanting certain things to look a certain way with the podcast. And then, you know, it all comes back to, like, you know, even if all it did was was free up my, or, or occupy my Sunday so that I wasn't thinking about drugs, alcohol, or, in my case, food, you know, <laughs> like, then, then the time is not wasted, right? right. Like, it, it is still valuable to me. And it just so happens that we get enough positive feedback from our community to know that it is helping people. Absolutely. And so it's like, okay, well, great. Like, it it sounds like a win-win to me. Like, what more could I ask for, you Mm -hmm. know? And then I really have to sort of sit down and and analyze, like, my intentions. Like, what is it that I'm hoping to get out of it? Like, I'm hoping to provide
2: something good for the community. And I think that we've done that here. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the way I said that, I just totally believe it's almost impossible. If we're getting out of self, and um, getting in and living love, how can you not help somebody? Mm. Uh, It's kind of like walking down the hall when you're not having a good day and being grouchy, Mm. and everybody turns grouchy walking down the hall. And then if you turn that around and you start smiling and saying hello to everybody, and you watch the reaction, Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's the community, being a productive member of society after... (laughs) I don't know, my whole family just thought I would be dead on 25th Street. So this is all borrowed time to me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and what a great way to give it away. Yeah. You know, it being in a positive state of mind, working on yourself, working with others, trying to help them work on themselves. You know, one of the one of the reasons that we wanted you on the show is, is because you're also a sober writer. Yes. Which... I, it is worldwide, mm-hmm. and you know, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, about what you know that is to you, what kind of community that's been for you. Um, maybe because you know, I'm around sober riders.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, know? you are. I,
1: I don't. I don't right know. Now that, you are. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that. Um, I don't know that, that the entire world knows even about sober riders. Yeah, or that that can even be a thing. You know that that's kind of like when i think about a sober motorcycle club it's almost like an oxymoron right, right? like absolutely. like there's a big stigma that goes ar- along with with motorcycle clubs and it reminds me of being a sober metalhead like you mm-hmm. going to a you're going to a metal show and not getting loaded like <laughs> like you can't do that but but you that's what the sober riders are are sober riders
2: yeah, absolutely you know
1: and so i thought maybe you could touch on what that is a little bit and tell us a little bit about well yeah.
2: let's start off with the first thing is what you just talked about um <laughs> let's talk about being an addict once an addict always an addict uh, sure let's go so there. We, way. Yeah, I, I mean. uh, so untrue so untrue um we we do recover
1: if okay. you put i'm the glad work you said in, that if mm-hmm.
2: we if we put it in so what's so let's go to sober riders then and sober riders is a traditional motorcycle club just like any other club out there we uh earned our right, and uh, the difference is, is well, there's a couple, but we carry the message of a 12-step program, mm. we're sober, and uh, we allow women in our group so they can be brothers okay. right along to, uh, right alongside of us, and uh, it's, we... Oh, I'm trying to think of all the things we do. We raise money for the community. We help the community. Uh, every year we give, we try to do something for the Christmas box house. Um, we... Uh, homeless vets. Um, just to say the least, to carry the message to still uh, suffering addicts mm-hmm. and, and helping them through that. And then we get to also... This is my selfishness. I'm going to go a little selfish. I'm a hellion still. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I love... There's nothing that i like better than to get into a, a group of 40 plus motorcycles and pull into a town <laughs> okay uh, let's get real it's yeah. a rush nice. yeah. it's a rush and uh, it's fun and um, so m- most of most of the police and everything know what we do that we are productive members and uh, we have a really great following, and uh, we go right along. We support the other uh, MCs in the area, and uh, so that's important to us. Mm-hmm. That we're all all that that class, and we don't stigma. Let's go with stigma. Uh, it's it's so bad that everything has a stigma since the '60s, and it's 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 not what it is today. It just isn't that. It's it's not. Drug selling and, and guns and 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 prostitution and, and all of that. It's it's just not. It's um, we're productive members of society in the MCs, and uh, it's a great group, and uh, it's great people in in all MCs. Can I say that? Mm. And I like to be part of that community. Mm. And I'd love to be able to have my program to where I can go to some of these functions where there might be something else going on and not participate, as far as with uh, using. If I right. can, if mm-hmm. let's spell it out, mm-hmm. okay? Because um, for me, um, I, I like I turn in when I use I turn into Michael Myers. Okay, I take out neighborhoods. I pull out a cleaver, and then you can shoot me at the end of the movie, and you can look over the balcony, and uh, I'm gone. I'm nice. ready for the next movie, and I never die. Hmm. And I know that about me today. So uh, it's. I think it's important to. Well, I'll say this too. There's nobody in this world that loves to get loaded more than me. I just don't know where it takes me. Mm-hmm. It takes everything that I have away. And I'm done giving mm-hmm. in that fashion. Now I'm going to give back to the community that I so freely took from.
0: That's so great. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I love did, that. Did it kind of answer what we do? Yeah. And have yeah. nationals and, and we meet and we go to meetings. And when meetings are around, thank goodness there's still some coming back online. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, and we have meetings in our area, which is yeah, which is great. Absolutely, you know, you'd still go to a twelve-step meeting. Mm-hmm. So, Brett, I had I found myself with a question, like
0: because there is sort of a, a stigma around um, motorcycle clubs, and maybe this assumption that you know they're all sons of anarchy, sort of you know style renegade mm-hmm. motorcycle clubs. Can you? You mentioned that, you know, you might go to an event with the Motorcycle Club community. So it sounds like the Motorcycle Club community is a community in and of itself, meaning that, you know, the Hells Angels aren't fighting the Dagos or, or whatever, you know, stigma I might have. But what you're saying is that all the communities work together. Is that is that fair to say? Do they,
2: they collaborate on, on events and... Let's we yeah we get together. Uh, let's say that uh, in my most part and what I really believe, we have respect, mm-hmm. and we we earn respect. Um, it's given if you earn it, and if you don't, you don't. So um, if that makes sense, sure. And so uh, we live in a great great area uh, that we pay uh, respect to each other and uh, gives us. The right to carry that uh, patch on the back, mm-hmm. uh, to wear our colors, to we call them colors, the right. patch, and so um, it makes it. Uh, well, what a what a cool thing to be able to do that, mm-hmm. and uh, so yes. In fact, we were just at a couple of events not too long ago, um, and so it's uh, it's. Taken a lot of work to get where we are today. Sure, if that makes yeah, okay. as like a legitimate club. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? yeah. yeah, you have to. Uh, it you just can't decide to get up one day and make yourself a motorcycle club, right. And do it. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. There's there's protocol, that you need to do. And thank goodness for uh, our, our president, uh, which is Pooh Bear, that uh, went all out and he uh he took over if I remember right now i don't hold me to this, but I think it was seven to nine years to uh, to get to where he could become a club hmm. so um, yeah it's it's not freely given so um, we wear it with real pride and so do, so does all the clubs yeah they wear it with 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 dignity
1: yeah. nice is is there like a like a national registry for like clubs or world like, is it government recognized or, or is it like? No, they don't like it. N- nothing like that? Okay. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know, but, um, you no. know, one of the things that I will say is, is that every, every time I've ever seen a sober writer get a coin, there's a crowd of sober writers right. at the meeting to celebrate that person getting a coin.
2: Well, absolutely. We're brothers. Mm-hmm. That'd be like, you're my brother, right? Right. Okay. So, um, but if I'm in a pack, Okay, you don't walk around to the sober writers and call everybody brothers. You're not a brother. Does that make some sense? We are. Mm-hmm. So when we, like if you're a prospect and you're going through the process of becoming or wanting to become, excuse me, and it's, it's a period of time to see if you fit, we fit, if it's a good match. Sure. And then once you do put, we decide that it's time to put that patch on you. I think is a good way to put that. Then you become a brother, Mm-hmm. and brothers stick up for brothers we might fight we might yell but brothers are always there no matter what right so does that make some sense uh-huh. so if, if it's your birthday we're going to show up and in, in force to celebrate that
1: yeah because you love each other
0: absolutely lots of love mm-hmm. uh-huh i like yeah. that yeah it sounds great it's like a it's like a click within a click which is so great and I think that's you know one of the the things that I like about just just the recovery community and I never like obviously before I got sober like I never knew that there was this whole other world out there right like this this community of people that have really gone through shit and come out on the other side of hell I mean you know this is why this is why we have the name of the podcast, what we do and why we have the people on that we do, because we're, we're, we're a broken people that have put ourselves back together, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we continue to, to work on the cracks and the pieces and the bits and, and, and all this. And I love hearing that there's a community within the community, right? Like, and we have that here as well. Like there's, there's, um, you know, people that are, the, the war podcast or the war people, you know, like mm-hmm. they're sort of their own little community within the recovery community. And then there's fit to recover, which is sort of their own little community within the recovery community. And then there's the other side of hell community. And then there's, you know, uh, sober riders, obviously. My sober compass. Yeah. My sober compass or our people. And then we have the whole online community, Absolutely. Like, like the Instagram community and there's there's a twitter community like there's there's all these communities within the community that are all basically people that are working on themselves and that are more than happy to support and help a struggling newcomer in any way that they can
2: yeah absolutely i love the way you just put that Mm -hmm. the newcomer right Mm -hmm. absolutely you know uh, absolutely we might be the only uh can we go with the only big book they'll ever see? Sure. Yeah. I sure. Heard,
0: I, I was reminded of that. I heard that in a meeting a little while ago, and I was I was reminded of that saying. And the, and the saying is, and just make it clear for our audience, like mm-hmm. what that means, like that that we as individuals might be the only copy of a big book that that somebody sees. Meaning that it's important that we carry the AA message as it is outlined in that big book, so that those people know that this is what you find when you come here.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so You're the example.
0: Yeah, exactly. it's It's great. it's It's a great reminder for me. I, I gotta hear that sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. like man, I, I'm, I'm walking around. I better be just, yeah,
1: you know, good. Be the guy hanging out the window, flipping everybody off, being a fucking grouch. Like, oh, yeah, look, getting sober looks so much fun. Look at Cameron <laughs> over there, miserable. Yeah,
0: well, I, I'm not miserable today. No,
1: and, you're not. And it's you're a great of example of, yeah. of recovery. But know, I love what you
2: just said because that does happen sometimes.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: and so the root of our problem, being selfish and self-centered, mm-hmm. we're going to have those days. The cool thing about our program is that we can restart the day mm-hmm. and if we take an inventory and we know that where we're going down a path, that is what's been taught to us mm-hmm. the girl i love what I heard the other day the the glass I, we always talk about the glass half empty or half full, Bull crap, let's just fill it up nice, yeah, yeah, it's always full mm mm-hmm. let's just cut. Through the <laughs> shit, man. Let's just fill that fucker up. <laughs>
0: There's plenty out there. Plenty <laughs> out there to do it. With. Yeah, why not, man? Right? Why not? Well, and it's and it's it's worth mentioning too. You know, like it's been kind of interesting to see what has happened with our community. Like, because that I mean, say what you want, but 2020 has been a crazy, year been interesting. Yeah. yeah, and like with with COVID and and politics, like. I feel like there's been such a a split or not, I don't want to say split, but there's, our community has been tested, right? Like Ugh. we, especially with like AA meetings, you know, we've reached a point where it's like, we've always heard it said, like, well, what are you going to do if you can't go to a meeting? And people always think like, well, they'll always be there. Yeah, they'll always be there. And it's like, well, it turns out that that's not the case. like. <laughs> You know, we've, we've found ourselves in this time in, 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 in the world and in life where unprecedented things are happening. And it's like, it just so happens that meetings became unavailable for a good period of time. And so it was really in those instances that we had to sort of adapt and say, okay, well, what am I going to do for my recovery now? Like some people moved to online and went the internet route. Some people were making more phone calls than they normally make, you know? and and really touching base with people that way and it's like well good it's good that we still have something right like meetings aren't the only thing out there we have to we have to reach out and connect with those other people in our community one way or another because in my experience like if i'm not doing that i'm moving backwards and anytime Mm -hmm. i'm moving backwards it's closer to a drink it's closer to a drug It's closer to a binge. It's closer to any sort of negative behavior that's just going to compound and snowball and roll me off a
2: fucking cliff. Absolutely. That's what happens every time. That's the definition of relapse, regression. Mm -hmm. So the end result is picking up. So there's many excuses why we get to the very end. But yeah, can you even imagine, I'm throwing this out there, I was tough enough to get clean in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you imagine today,
1: yeah. I can't imagine any time. Uh, yeah, like it was That's, hard back then and it's hard now. it'll yeah. be hard in the future. So Ho- you know hopefully with with people like you and Cameron, you know the this community as as we adapt and learn and and stay sober through this stuff as the as the newcomers come in, they're coming into a successful community of people in recovery.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but let's talk about that just for a minute if I may. Um, did you have a cell phone when you came into sobriety? I didn't
1: have anything.
2: okay. So, how are you going to go online?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: So, where are you going to go?
1: Yeah. Yeah, good point.
2: Okay. No meetings. Mm -hmm. We didn't have them for a while. Okay. And you want to be clean. Mm -hmm. And you don't have shit. Yeah. And where are you going to go? Who are you going to talk to? Even central office was closed.
1: It was. Yeah. And if you don't know about central office, then what?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, hopefully we can get word of mouth from this to the streets that they can talk about it on the streets. Um, and there are meetings now. But, uh, yeah, crazy. And, and our disease is isolation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we, yeah. We, we started with being social. We did it to be social, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and so cause that's what we're talking about, community. So we did it to be part of the community. Right. And then slowly but surely it... What it did for us, quit working. Right. And then took that, every type of social, away. And so now we got a government, and well, whether it's real political or whatever, it's real enough that the sickness is Mm -hmm. that they're promoting isolation, Mm -hmm. which is the root of our disease. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We see that.
2: Yeah. So, uh, whoa. Um, With my patients, I'm sitting back and a lot of empathy a lot of empathy. Sure. Uh, I'm sitting back and saying, anything I can do uh, to, to keep you motivated mm-hmm. and show you the right people. I give out numbers. And I know you do that here. Yeah. Oh, almost, yeah. almost every time that I have watched one of your uh, podcasts, uh, you're, you're giving some number out. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully they can get those. Some resources. Yeah. 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 And the cool thing is, is I, I think the library's still open
0: um yeah, I think some are. yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are and there's computers there,
1: correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, I mean we were talking about that before before we started shooting, like uh the pro proactivity uh-huh. is is the is the, the key. Is yeah. the key. So
2: uh, let's yeah, let's talk about that because it's true. You want it, where are you gonna go?
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. and you start
2: figuring it out. Mm-hmm.
1: Hopefully. I yeah. Mean, the disease is so elusive and powerful. Right. That um it, ta- it takes, it takes such a crazy string of events to get us prepared and, and able to to be like. I mean. Just to touch on just briefly, I mean, what was it? Six, six law enforcement agencies that came and arrested you the last time you got arrested, something yeah. like that. Like, I had like that's d- a,
2: the divine a, intervention of the FBI Strike Force <laughs> North Ogden City, Ogden City, and the dog pound. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it <laughs> takes
1: what it takes, and hopefully, hopefully, because we we have we've had stories on here where people were getting sober for the first time during COVID, right? But mm-hmm. It took like what you were saying. So what? What do the people do? And and I don't, I don't have an answer for, the, you know, the people living on the streets that don't have a cell phone or anything. I, I feel like the recovery movement now is big enough that uh, people kind of know where to go or where to start asking questions or things like sure. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the beautiful thing is like to touch on what you were talking about with those communities inside the communities is that. There is a small community for every person within sobriety, you know? Mm-hmm. I know from every, every motorcycle rider that I've ever met that is dedicated, is fucking dedicated to riding a motorcycle. Like, mm-hmm. like that is, that, that's their one thing, right? Like, and, and so to find a club that, that fits within mm-hmm. your love for riding a motorcycle, your desire to stay sober your willingness to repay back your your past debts to the community and be of service that's a that's an entire package like like designed for success for a guy like you yeah you know what i mean and and i think that there's communities like that all over the place if you go out and look for them let's just talk
2: it, about the alano club okay yeah yeah what
1: See, is the what is the alano club well, for anybody that doesn't know
2: yeah it's in in every major city throughout that's Let's go, I don't know about the world, but I think it is. But let's just say the United States, every major city has one. And it's anybody that has an addiction problem can go and get answers. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know about today getting a cup of coffee or anything, but I know somebody's there that will take you to get one. Still, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what a great place that if you're in that situation we talked about, most everybody knows where one of those are. Mm-hmm. and um and it is a community inside the community of communities yeah. right? mm-hmm. okay it's been around founded for for a very long time
1: so. yeah i used to love the alano club because i could go i didn't have shit and there was always somebody there i could bum a smoke from <laughs> and they would talk to me i could usually get a free cup of coffee and then go to a noon meeting where they had donuts and somebody else would give me a smoke
2: isn't that cool? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And
1: they didn't yeah. give a fuck. They, no. they were glad I was, like, they are looking for somebody to give this message to. Yeah. yeah. Love. Yeah. And you it, were there to take. And <laughs> I was there to fucking take. And See? they gave. Yeah. You know, but, and, and it's funny because, you know, in my selfishness, like you were talking about, I was, I was going there to steal something, you know, <laughs> some sort of peace, like, because donuts are so peaceful, you know, I could go there and steal it. But you can't steal something that's freely given. Mm. Right? Like, this is your gift. You can feel like you stole it all you want, but this is me giving it to you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You ever been to a meeting... Can I go this way? You ever been to a meeting that says, if you can't afford a big book, we'll give you one? Uh, Yeah. And then have you ever been to one that says, if you can't afford to give a dollar, take one? Yeah. I've never heard that. Haven't you? I have. I have. have. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. So that's just physical shit man it's free right yeah it's absolutely
1: free it's paid for with with our past misery oh yes right yeah absolutely like but the dollar amount is free like Mm -hmm. like it, it does come from from that
0: well and that's just the thing is like i'm just i'm so grateful that the and 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 brett i think earlier you you sort of you you said it perfectly you know, when I when I first got into the rooms uh, of AA, I thought they wanted something from me, because they were just so welcoming and so inviting and so non-judgmental, and just you know every bit of fear and insecurity that I had around introducing myself to these people was immediately banished, and and I'm so grateful that they were you know. As loving and and as willing to to take me in as they were, but I was certain that there was an ulterior motive because that was my mo. Like, mm-hmm. I always had an ulterior motive. Yeah. Like when I was dealing with anybody or interacting with anybody, it was like, what can I get from you? If if the answer was nothing, then leave me alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, to find myself in that world, and and that was something I had to process through and get over. Was like. Oh my gosh! I think these people actually are just genuine. <laughs> yeah. Like, how about that for a change? Yeah. You know, and and just sort of the mind job that was coming to that conclusion with with that place, and I'm just so I'm just so grateful for it, you know, today to to have it around me and to and to see these people, and and I don't know what I would do without it.
2: Absolutely.
0: You know? Probably drinking drug.
2: Well. Absolutely. Right. What is. I, can I say it this way Some, I spent most of my time trying to figure out why I kept relapsing <clears throat> and my sponsor said how come you're spending all this time on that I said well if I f- could figure out why I keep relapsing I won't relapse he said wow really I said yeah he said well let me just ask you a real simple question what does a drug addict do use that was pretty simple right Right. he said what does somebody in recovery do I don't know. And he said, that's why you keep relapsing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you <laughs> see get, how you laugh? He give you yeah. a pen and a piece <laughs> of paper? Hey, here. Go to work. <laughs> go to work. Yeah. You work recovery. Right. <laughs> and what I like, and we don't talk about this, I don't believe enough. See, I don't have to work it today. I live it. Mm-hmm. It is the way my life
1: is. Mm-hmm. You say that to me all the time.
2: It's just life. Yeah. It's it, it's now what what it is. Oh, I just got goosebumps just saying it.
0: Yes. Beautiful. Yeah.
2: yeah. So so unbelievable.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. Well, and and one thing I want to say too is like if if you are like starting if you are starting you know a program of recovery right now because I I did hear you know in a couple of Zoom meetings that I've been on you know I've heard people in their first thirty days or you know that really they started their recovery in the midst of all this quarantine and and the thing the thing that i need to remember is because i do have that level of empathy where i'm like damn like i can't imagine like what it was like but i sort of have that with anybody right now right like i can't imagine what it was like to to sober up because that's that's maybe how far removed i am from it now that i forget that it was hard no matter what and it's like willie was saying like whether whether I was quarantined or whether meetings were available or whether they weren't or whatever the case was, it was hard. And, and somebody that's getting sober now, their recovery isn't going to look like mine did. Whether, whether COVID was here or not, like the bottom line is somebody that's sobering up right now, most likely their recovery is not going to look like mine did because it's all different. Mm-hmm. right? Like it's all different. Like I had to relapse for eight or 12 or however many times and some people don't relapse at all and some people don't even go to treatment and some people you know like get sober through this or that and so it's like there's all these different ways of getting sober like the important part is that you know when when you're trying to do it just know that you don't have to do it alone i
2: oh what a beautiful message Mm -hmm. yeah you said that very well
0: Mm -hmm. yeah because that's i mean that's the biggest thing for me was to realize that man like it turns out that there's a whole world of people that know how, how this feels, you know, and that, and that want to help me because I would look in those meetings, man. And I would see like the faces of people and I would be like shocked. I'd be like, that dude doesn't look like uh, an alcoholic. It <laughs> looks like an athlete. That guy looks like a banker. Like... <laughs> That guy looks like an athlete.
2: You know what I mean? Like absolutely. That very. You know, everybody knew when I was using. I was an addict, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I
2: can walk down the street or meet people all day long. They have no clue. I right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only way that they would know is if I choose to tell them. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I can identify
1: with that. Is that crazy? Yeah. You know, change change happens so so huge for us. You know, and I think I think this is a perfect time to segue into our war story because, you know, Patrick is is our story, and and he was kind enough to give us his story and tell us a little bit about what happened to him and mm-hmm. and how how it changed. You know, and I, I met Patrick through another community of mine. You right. know, another another. Uh, it's a workout community, but uh, within that community most of the people in it are in sobriety which is you know, which is amazing. Which turned yeah. out pretty neat you know so many people are using fitness as as mm-hmm. a means to stay sober today and 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 things like that but i mean what'd you what'd you think like
0: oh it was it was great man like i i really i mean his story was crazy you know yeah. like, i mean it, it fast. I, I feel like they're all crazy but well, like as he was telling his story, I felt like I was sort of just on a ride. Like, holy shit. Like, wow, okay, all right. Yeah. And then, oh, wow, okay, all right. Like, just, you know, like, the it just sort of kept rolling, and, and man, he lived fast and hard.
1: You yeah. know <laughs> You, you relate really, with uh, any of that?
2: Oh, God. I told my story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what can we say? Uh, yeah. Every every inch of it. Uh, the thing I like about this What his story, he talked about how this disease will throw control at you and where he would pull it back in, rein it in, and then it would raise its head again. Mm, And uh, where he was at in life would send him into another whirlwind. And uh, boy, did I relate to that. Uh, And putting something in front of recovery, we talked about that earlier. Mm. Like when he puts his wife and says, okay. I will if you do type thing so he put his wife in front of it mm-hmm. and and how that ended yeah and, and I related to that mm-hmm. um, I did that to try to save a marriage that sure. lasted two years or two months so <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah, man. it seems like there's it seems
1: like there's never success in active addiction no. except for the success of destroying ourselves and so you know with 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 that with with this is such a such a wonderful thing that we're doing here. I feel so great, and mm-hmm. and I'm grateful to be able to share this story. So, without further ado, here is Patrick's story.
3: What's going on? My name is Patrick, and I am a recovering drug addict. I, I have I grew up, you know, in a family. I got both parents, a brother. Our younger brother, we lived a normal, I guess you'd say, life uh, for a middle class, lower to middle class family. Um, grew up playing sports my whole life. Um, very family oriented. And I began to, once I got into middle school and high school, that's whenever I started, you know, hanging out with, I guess you would say, the the wrong crowd of, of kids. Like I guess some kids do. Um, I began, I'm a lot, I'm a smaller person, so I ended up running around with a lot of people I felt like were would be there to protect me. I never really got into nobody bullied me at school because of the friends that I hung out with. So with that being said, you know, a lot of those kids, you know, they use drugs, they drank alcohol, they smoked weed, cigarettes. That's how it all started off with that. Um, And from there on, it just kind of, once I got into that, it was just almost one of those game over type things. I really took into that culture of life. I began using marijuana heavily every day, all day, drank, not every day, all day, but it was almost like an everyday thing. I began using other drugs, which that was not very uncommon for me. I would There would be no, some days that I would be using four or five different drugs in one day and be on them at the exact same time. You know, no drug was off limits. Well, I say that. I did not get into crack, smoking crack, and I did not get into heroin. But anything else was game on. Pills, you know, acid, ecstasy, Cocaine. At that time, I guess you would call it, it was crank. Um, but like I said, I, there would be days where I would be on it all, and I was just a a wreck. I was in and out of jail constantly, always in trouble with the law. You know, going to jail, in and out, tickets, out the wazoo. I've gone through probably five or six different vehicles. Um, there were mine. I've gone through my parents' vehicles, you know what I mean? Just did not care about anybody around me, didn't care about myself. I eventually, once I found meth, all other drugs were off. I didn't even care about anything else. I didn't smoke weed anymore. I didn't drink alcohol. Well, once I got a DWI with alcohol in 2008, I never touched a drink again. Um, I started using meth and it was game over on that right there. I used meth every day for probably about four years. And then I, I got clean because, one, I had a, I had a really great job. I, I got a good job working in downtown Fort Worth. I, you know, working in the corporate America. I gave up meth. Um, I, cu- I quit cold turkey. Like, I went clean on everything. Didn't smoke cigarettes, didn't drink alcohol, didn't use anything. And I got clean. I met a, at the time, I met this girl, and we hit it off. We dated for a while, and we ended up getting married. And you know, during our marriage, we we were married for two years, and that's how long our marriage lasted. Because during our marriage, you know, I got back into smoking weed again, and um, I would sit there and tell war stories, you know, about my drug use that I used to do. Well, I mentioned meth. You know that i used to do that and how much i loved it you know i mean that's my drug of choice i'll say that to this day i loved it i still do i find mean, if i did it right now it would be balls to the wall till i would probably be dead um but she heard my war stories on that and she <clears throat> talked or we i guess you would say argued back and forth about trying it you know And I told her, no, this is gonna mess our marriage up. You know, it's gonna ruin us. Well, that didn't compute in her head. You know, we ended up getting it. And I told her, I said, okay, are you ready for this ride? Because, you know, this is gonna be the most craziest ride you've ever been on. Um, We're gonna end up doing it every day, all day. You know what I mean? And sure enough, we did that. And it was, that was the end. me. I was clean for five years up until then. And then once we started using, like I said, it was every day. I got it. I had a cousin that sold it. So I got it for next to nothing. So it wasn't really like it was eating out of my money pocket. I had a great paying job, you know, money wasn't an issue. And Before you knew it, our marriage was over. You know what I mean? She couldn't handle it at all. I mean, she went off the deep end, whatnot, and she just left me flat out. She left me in the apartment by myself with everything in the house, and I was devastated. So that enhanced, I use that as my permission statement right there, hey, woe is me that's the class that's the classic addicts permission statement woe is me poor me and i went crazy after that i mean i lost my job i lost my wife i lost my apartment i lost my two vehicles that i had i ended up moving back in with my parents um because they were present during all of that you know they saw me just go just spiral down um but they wanted to help which what most parents they want to help their kids in any way they can so in true addict form i took full advantage of that you know i moved back in with my parents and continued my heavy drug use and or my, my heavy meth use, I would be out every night, all night, never coming home. I would stay up for days and days. The most the longest I've ever stayed awake on meth was two weeks. I literally stayed up for 14 days. I mean, it was so long that I... Actually, somebody asked me, they were like, how long have you been awake? And I literally had to sit there and think about it. Like, when was the last time I went to sleep? Oh, my God, that was... Two weeks ago you know what i mean one of those type of moments like and then when i did finally fall asleep i was asleep for two hours back up boom at it again my parents well i say i got at that point in time i ended up getting caught back up in the login i got pulled over for well actually i didn't even get pulled over i ran out of gas which was a common thing for me ran out of gas Two thought, two laws rolled up on me because I was just on a side street in the wrong part of town. Um, they pulled up on me. They checked my ID, and I had a warrant out for my arrest that I didn't. I really didn't know about. I really had no clue about this. Um, they put me in handcuffs, and at the time, I had just left another friend of mine, friend of mine's house, who had given me some heroin to give to somebody else. Now, mind you, I've never used heroin in my life, and I was literally just taking it from one place to another. And during this whole thing, I had no clue about this, so I thought I was just gonna there and check my ID, and they were gonna send me on my way. I had my gas can in my hand. I didn't break the law, you know what I mean? So in my my mind, I'm not worried about this heroin in my pocket. So once they start throwing the handcuffs on me, I'm freaking out because I'm about to go to jail with a felony they asked they start, they even searched my pockets and didn't find it that's how little of, of heroin i had in my pocket so whenever they put the handcuffs on them, they asked me you know hey do you got any drugs or weapons on you i'm like yeah i do i got some heroin in my pocket so they pull it out you know go through the whole thing they take me to jail i go in i get bonded out um go right back into my addiction again um I got a lawyer, um, went to court and it was crazy. Actually, I was staying with a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine, um, one of my best friends, even to this day. She's an amazing woman. She's sober. She's clean. She loves me to death. I love her to death. And she used to look out for me. She used to give me a place to stay, even though she knew I was messed up. You know what I mean? But anyways, one day she woke me up crying, her eyes out telling me, you need to get your life right. You need to get your shit together. You're better than this. This is not the person that you're supposed to be. She said, give me the phone number to your lawyer. I'm going to get you this program that she was, she had gotten locked up for, and it changed her life. This uh, program is, it's called Safe P. It's a substance abuse felony prison facility. So it's a therapeutic community in a prison system. Um, she called my lawyer, asked him about it. He said, no problem. I can, I can 95% get him in, in that program. So I was on board with it, you know, whatever. I show up to the courthouse with every intention of turning myself in. Mind you, before I went into the courthouse, okay, I had, I guess you would say, graduated to using being an IB user. So I was using meth, you know, shooting up meth. I literally shot up right before I walked into the courthouse. I had all my dope in my hand. I was like, all right, this is the last one. Boom, did it in the restroom of a Subway (laughs) sandwich station, or you know, in a Subway sandwich shop, right across the street from the courthouse. Went inside, high as a kite. Talked to my lawyer. My parents were there and, He's like, all right, I'm gonna go in here. It's gonna go down today. I'm like, all right. As soon as he walked in that door to go to the talk to the judge, boom, I bolted. Just like a true, you know, scared, whatever you wanna call it, childish, selfish little boy would do afraid to face up to his mistakes when he's made, took off. My parents tried to stop me. I wouldn't, I wasn't taking it. They tried to block the elevator. So I ran to the fucking stairwell, ran down the stairs, out the front door. And my parents called me and said, okay, check it out. You do this right now. If you keep going right now, you're done. We're done with you. Period. Don't call us. Don't ever associate with us ever again. I said, "Okay, no problem. They said, we'll give you one. We'll give you one ride somewhere. Wherever you want to go, we'll take you there. And then that's it. I said, all right, take me right over here. They took me there, dropped me off, and I was on my own, literally. I was homeless, no car, no job, no nothing. So now I'm on the run. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I'm gonna go until they catch me type thing. So I uh, did that for a while. I did, I think I did it for about seven months. And this girl I was messing around with, you know, she, uh, we both used heavily. Um, We were in a hotel room and it was at that point right there in my drug use, getting high wasn't fun. You know what I mean? It was literally just, I was just beat. You know what I mean? I was tired from running, constantly on the move with nowhere to go. You know what I mean? In and out of hotels, sleeping on the curb. I mean, I was literally like sleeping outside if I was sleeping. You know, it was more like passing out on the corner, um, sleeping in the rain, the cold, whatever. I mean, I had places I could go to for a few days but that was about it, you know, and it was just on the move constantly. So one day me and my, I guess you'd call her my girlfriend at the time, you know, we were in a hotel room. Um, We always fought whenever we were high. I mean, like literally just in each other's face. One of those love-hate relationships where like, you know, I hate you. And then we end up walking away from each other and phone call back, you know, oh, I love you. Come back. You know, blah, blah, blah. Pathetic. <laughs> but, you know, that's just how it was. Um, so we get no fight. I end up leaving the hotel room and it's the next day. So we're like checking out, you know, type of time. You know what I mean? It's already checkout time. We're fighting. So I'm like, all right, see you i take off walking one way she takes off walking another way i call my mom up i'm like i'm done you know what i mean like i'm done so she comes and when she shows up i do that typical i guess you could say bitch shit. you know what i mean i i she shows up and i was like i just need some money it's like damn i just made my mom drive 30 minutes away from where she was at just to come give me like $20. You know what I mean? Just, I was a pretty crappy son. I didn't care about my parents' feelings. I didn't care about anybody's feelings. I just wanted what I wanted. It was all about me, my own selfishness. And, you know, she was pissed off. She gave me the money and said, don't ever call me again. She drives off. My girlfriend walks up out of nowhere. So now she's, oh yeah, by the way, she's pregnant, my girl, she's pregnant. And at the time, I didn't know if it was mine or not because we were so off and on, you know what I mean? To where it was like, I told her, I was like, I don't think that kid's mine, you know what I mean? Because at the time she got pregnant, yada, 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 whatever, you know. But anyway, she's pregnant, it's middle of December, it's cold outside. We go in to this convenience store, get some cigarettes. We're sitting on the side of the building, smoking a cigarette and I have my face or the back, my back to the street. We're trying to figure out where to go. And all of a sudden I turn around and there's a cop standing there just looking at us. And um, you know, this is my, this is where it all changes. My whole life changes right here. I sit there and I look at her. And I tell her, this is it. So cop takes me to jail. You know, I tell her, hey, find your way around life now because I'm gone. (laughs) Not getting out anytime soon. So I go to jail. You know what I mean? I do the whole Safe P program. It's a year long, technically. I was in there nine months, got out took the whole program seriously because I wanted it to actually change my life. I was done being that loser that everybody saw. I wanted to be a success story. You know, I wanted that for myself first and foremost. And then I wanted to make my family proud again. I wanted them to want their son back in their life. And they saw that in me and they believed in me. And I've used that as my motivation each and every day for myself. That's what I, I want it for me because if I'm not making me happy, then I'm definitely not making anybody else happy. So, since I got out, I have been clean every, ever since I've been out. I've been sober now. I guess, technically, since I got arrested, I, I use that as my clean day because that was the last day I used. Some people don't like using their prison time as their clean day, but hey, that's my day. That was December 16th, 2016. And I've been sober ever since. I've never even thought about using since then. I use all of my past as my motivation each and every day. I'm one phone call away from going back to my old lifestyle. It's that easy. Boom. I could go right back to it right now. But you know what? That's not me. I'm not going back to it. I'm using this as my motivation in life right now. I want to be that success story. And I know each and everybody out there can be that success story. It's all about how bad you want it. You know, if it's not for you, then you ain't going to do it. you got to want to be sober to do it. And I want to be sober. Another tool that I'm using for my fitness right now, I mean, for my, for my recovery is fitness. I've got on this fitness, um, I guess you'd say... Uh, addiction <laughs> it's one that is benefiting me tremendously especially since uh covet is hit i've actually gotten to know myself a lot more and i love it it is my new thing in life I, i've gotten so much out of it my health is in great sh- i'm in great shape right now i eat better i take full care of my body. And I love that because I used to destroy my body. Now I love it and I want it to be the best body that I can have for my success in life. I do burpees every day. I do 100 of them every day, at least 100. I've even got a challenge going on Sunday and we're doing 300 burpees, Navy SEALs. And if you don't know what those are, I highly suggest you look them up. I love them. I love burpees. I love them. I love them. I love them. (laughs) So, with that being said, you know, that's my whole story. Um, If y'all want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram. My username is Patrick Swayze, but it's Patrick S W A Y Z 817. Feel free to hit me up. We can talk recovery, we can talk burpees. You want to join in on a burpee session man hit me up because i will shoot you a zoom link and i i hold burpee sessions every day and just so you know it's 5 15 central time every day feel free to ho- holler at me man i love it and we talk trust me you will not be disappointed in the burpee session it's not just about the workout it's what goes on afterwards and trust me, you'll love it. Um, so, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. That's what I got. Thank you
1: all. Perfect. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, you have to want it. I I, I agree. I want, yeah, so I want it.
2: Yeah, I want it. Yeah. I want it too. Yeah. yeah, Took a long time I to get I want what I have.
1: Pat, Patrick's is uh, savage. Like, if you ever get a chance, go via Zoom on Mighty <laughs> Networks and get on with burpee session if you want to challenge uh he was there for that thousand burpees that i did yeah that's kind of but i mean what a story what a, what a what an amazing transformation that happens on this side of the table man
2: i think he's just nailed it yeah yeah
1: yeah that's great take care of the monster yeah uh-huh. god i can relate with him so much like fuck my parents you know like I took such advantage of my folks oh, over, and yeah. over and my over and over my whole family over again yeah mm-hmm. especially my mom you yeah, know my mom was just uh, she like, like she was ripe for the taking because of her love you know like mm-hmm. she loved she loved me and I used it all the time mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah, well, I remember, like, with, with my parents and some of my family, like, I'd gotten to a point where they started writing me off, and I was so pissed. How like, dare you. They, they, they stopped letting me take advantage. They stopped enabling me, and I was like, how could you? Yes. You know what I mean? So I just, I, I, yeah. I it, it was a reminder, like, hearing that part of his story was a good reminder that, you know, like, the damage we do to yeah. everyone around us, you yeah. know. I'm grateful flow doesn't I, have to I be mean, that
1: way. It started young for me too, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it started with the 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 crowd and, and all all the things, you know. I could relate with all that stuff, the insecurity, you know, coming out.
2: Absolutely, uh, I remember even being uh, not thinking I could fit with the in crowd, and then even though that I gravitated to the in crowd, still not feeling part of. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, started to use and. I don't know, I'm going to date myself. I like, go to the high school dance or whatever, and I turn into John Travolta and <laughs> throw my coat in the corner and be out there dancing my little full head off. Yeah. That's a win-win. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, to th- have something that powerful that makes you feel so strong turn against you mm. and quit working mm-hmm. and don't know what to do and, yeah. and, and can't quit...
1: You just you just up up the dose yep. yeah yep. up the dose up Let's the do dose there. and like you like he said you know he and and I've heard the term graduated to harder oh, or yeah. or you know going from smoking to shooting you know from oh yeah about that. I was a yeah. chemist just all, like he said all that you know like, wow yeah. we were all sort of chemists
0: yeah
2: <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah. and you know finding those dysfunctional relationships that that just seemed to fit our disease so well. I can relate with that, you know, just, you know, and then ending up on, on the the fucking gutter. Yeah. what I, what I really, what I really appreciated about his story.
0: And it just reminds me of like the insanity of the disease is like having that conversation with his wife. Like, you know, he, 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 he shared all the war stories about what it was like. And, and, and and she was, you know, her curiosity got the better of her, or, or I don't want to put the blame on her, but just to say, you know, they found themselves in a position where they were about to use together. And he's like, just so you know, this is what you can expect. This is going to be the craziest and wildest ride of our lives, and we will lose everything. Yeah. And just being able to say that out loud and have it be true, and then go through with the act you Well, that, I mean, you just said it right there right.
2: to know right. I'm going I, I think I was sitting there thinking about my, my experience and having all the things I had I had uh, six corporations yeah. 90 employees and sitting there and knowing I'm going to lose or give it away mm-hmm. give away mm-hmm. the whole th- everything and continue with the decision it yeah. didn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, un- unbelievable. And to have anybody think that isn't, that's mentally sick. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And uh, wow, it's, it blows me away. Mm-hmm. And when I was in it, I didn't think that there was something that could help me get out of that.
1: Yeah. yeah and there is Mm -hmm. there is and this is a great place to start some of it is you know goes back to community you know he had he had a community and he had that that one friend that like a Mm -hmm. lot of us end up having like that one person that just won't give up on us no matter how hard we try and and and, you know some of us are lucky like that and eventually he finally surrendered to the fact that he's fucked up like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm fucked up and I okay you know we run until we stop running right yeah. that's what we do you absolutely know? because getting sober is so fucking scary you you could not have convinced me that my life would feel the way that it feels mm-hmm. no you know? i
2: remember you uh, and i can remember me but i remember you walking through and where you were uh, yeah it was well both of you walking through the doors I can't believe I get to say that today can mm-hmm. I say that yeah, yeah um, say when people would say that when I came through the doors uh, and even the we talk about the community of going to meetings they even allowed me to sleep in meetings mm. and snore and wouldn't wake me up
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I like love. to think
0: that could still happen today but yeah. I don't know man I, I guess it depends on the meeting
2: yeah But <laughs> so, that's beautiful yeah it so is. uh i really loved it yeah my parents also they they closed the door on me i they never got to see me sober mm. and uh yeah they did the tough love thing and uh, i remember that Good for feeling. them yeah, yeah. Uh, i wish they would have got to see me sober
1: yeah now Patrick's patrick's story was awesome you know he is he is uh as active as can be during these times in 12 step and in recovery and and like he said, you know, you can reach out to him on, on Instagram. You can check out his Instagram page. And, and if you want to challenge yourself, if you're any type of fitness person, you want to, want to get challenged, join in on one of those sessions. And, and the cool thing about what he does with his burpee sessions is, is after the workout, they have a, a meeting, if you will. They, mm-hmm. There's a sharing portion after the workout. You can talk about your fears, your struggles, your strengths, your wins, <coughs> your questions—anything that pertains to that—and he's just a solid dude. And I'm I'm grateful to have gotten to have his story on here. Right so on, yeah. I, I'm I, really happy about that. So they, thank, thank you, you Patrick. Thank, yeah, yeah man, absolutely. Uh, appreciate it. You know,
0: you know, it's funny because it's it's stories like that, and hearing hearing stories like that, where you know, I I can hear a story like that and go, man, yeah, that's that's. That's the craziness and the insanity of the disease. And, and I feel like it's stories like that where, where what we just talked about, where he, he actively made the decision to pull the trigger anyways, like despite knowing what it was going to do and, and where it was going to take him. It's, it's stories like that that people that are on the outside of this community... Just don't understand. Yeah. You know, they just don't get it. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, why would you do that? And people like, I'm so grateful that I have a group of people that are like, "That's what we do. That's,
2: it's what
0: we do." Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, such a such a great reminder, as they all
2: are. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And thank you for coming out. Yeah, know? thank you for for your service. You mentioned earlier. A little bit about what the sober writers do and you know how can how can people connect with the sober writers and
2: well there's a couple of ways that uh, you can do it uh we have an email you can do uh it's srmc rogue at uh, gmail and i'm going to give you my personal uh, if that's all yeah, right yeah. Yeah, um, on that it's a uh, brett with one t r field f-i-e-l-d at hotmail.com that's the one thing you said how old I am (laughs) so um, there's a couple of different things so if you wanted to help out with the Christmas box house uh, you could uh, let us know through the email if you just want to be part of and ride with us cool uh, we'd love to have you do that if you want to be. That way you can check out more. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's like everything we do. Sobriety's is commitment. Mm-hmm. 100% commitment. And when we get things, we're, we're reluctant. We really, yeah. really are. So let's uh, just put it this way. If you want to check us out, come there. And, uh, and also you can go to the Alano Club on 24th and uh, Madison. They know all about us.
1: That's only in Ogden, by the way. Yes. Well,
2: thank you. <laughs> if you're ever in
1: Ogden, Utah. Yeah, but thank you. But there's, there's one in your own city as well. Yeah, that's right.
2: absolutely. And they'll direct you from there. Yeah. So um, I think that's, uh, that's some good ways to do it. And I love the, the idea also, if I can go back just a little bit farther with the working out. I, I think that's was so much my recovery. Mm-hmm. I got a certified personal trainer uh, certificate license and uh, that's been a big part of my recovery too
0: it
1: was. Well.
2: so it's in its own little realm like he was talking yeah yeah
1: for sure yeah it's a big part of mine it's a big part of Cameron. yeah it has Mm -hmm. to be
2: yeah i'm like you guys i'm addicted to food too right Uh, i'm addicted to going buying harley's uh new home uh you you name it yeah that's why it's everything fast and more yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah, what is it banana cream pie yeah
2: i love banana cream pie (laughs) you don't cut slices you just get a fork (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: yeah this has been
1: great man Thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for having yeah. me. It's I really appreciate fun.
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. And, and I really would encourage everybody, uh, because of, of COVID, um, the sober riders haven't been able to do some of the things that they would normally do in order to raise money for the Christmas box. So um, I would definitely encourage anybody that's listening to this, uh, you know, reach out. Offer a donation. It's obviously for a good cause, um, and you can contact them at those email addresses that Brett provided. We'll put that email address in our show notes as well. Again, it is srmcroger at gmail.com, um, and uh, we would love to see if you can't uh, if you can't help out for, for for Christmas donations. Let's
2: explain what Christmas box is. Sure. Uh, so uh, Christmas box house is is local. Um, there was a gentleman that started it, but it, what they do is uh, they take children, they usually um, from addiction, and put them in a safe home mm. until they could get placed, or to, to figure out what needs to have happen. So it's a way that we get to pay back to the community and those types of things why their parents are getting help. Yeah. okay? And so uh, it's very vital. There's They're up and down the Wasatch Front in Utah. I'm sure there's something similar in your town. Um, yeah. But Okay. So awesome. Along the that front in Utah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And I, good that's show. A, that's, a, that's a wrap. That's I would a good say, show. You with, yeah. Thank you. Love
2: to yeah, have you come back one time. It's yeah. so great. Okay.
0: Yeah. We've got to have you come back more often. So Same. great to have you here. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And so with that, yeah, with that, guys, I will say you are worth the work. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. So do the work. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see you on the other, th- other side. Why don't you say that again? Yeah. We will see you on the other side. <laughs> Our side. Yeah.